Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dads Podcast. Let me ask you a couple questions as we start off every show. Have you ever wondered which pitches your son should be throwing? Have you ever seen a kid succeed with another pitch, like maybe a teammate or a kid on another team and thought, well, if my son added that pitch, he would, you know, could, could really help him out? Or have you or your son seen a major league pitcher succeed with a pitch and then you say, wow, maybe I want to throw that pitch too, right? We saw like Kyle Hendricks last year with his changeup, Clayton Kershaw obviously with his curveball, um, back to Roy Holiday with his sinker, uh, Rivera with his cutter. Um, I, I could even go back all the way to, you know, Fernando Valenzuela if you want me to, but um, we, we see that, right? So it can be very confusing for a dad to figure out which pitches his son should throw, and it's really confusing for for a pitcher as well. So before we get into the episode, the 567 Dad Book, here's the thing. I've been saying in the last couple podcasts that the book is out and ready. It's not out and ready yet. It's going to be out um, a little bit later on. But if you go to 567dad.com, you can get information where when it does come out, you'll be the first to know. So it is ready, but... It's a long story. So, um, so let's talk about pitches. About a long time ago, I was giving a lesson to a kid. Um, he was uh, he was like 16. I think he was a junior in high school, something like that. Um, and father basically contacted me for lessons back when I was doing one-on-one lessons. And he said, my son needs a curveball and needs a changeup. He's got a great fastball, hit spots, locates, great, needs a, needs a curveball, needs a changeup. So I said, yeah, great, we'll take a look at him, see what we can do. So the kid warms up, you know, does this whole thing, he starts throwing, I'm watching him throw, and, and, and father was right about the fastball. I mean, when that kid threw a fastball, there was an energy about him, right? He, you could see there was a confidence, there was a little bit of electricity to his fastball. He threw hard for a high school pitcher, threw pretty hard, um, and, he, and he could, he could locate and spot his pitches. And then when he threw his curveball, there was definitely a change in him. Right. First of all, he changed his mechanics, and number two, you could see like he wasn't, he wasn't. There was a there was a confidence issue, and when he threw his changeup, forget it. Like his body language, facial, everything was just like he he just wanted nothing to do with the changeup, and you could you could see that. So after I watched him throw throw for a little bit, I got halfway between the catcher and home plate, and I got down like a catcher, and I said, "Look, I'm going to throw down some signs here. I want you to tell me what's going on in your head when I throw down these signs." And I threw down a fastball, and he was like, you know, I got it, good, can hit spots, you know, locate, I feel like I blow it by anybody. So said, good. And I threw, threw down the curveball, he goes, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, I, I don't know, it goes day to day. Hmm. I threw down the changeup, and he was just like, no. Like, he, he wanted nothing to do with the changeup. So here's here's the thing is that um, there's a couple things you have to look at when deciding which are the right pitches for your pitcher. And the worst thing that we can do is say, this kid needs a curveball and a changeup. Please teach it to him. So it, the problem why this kid was struggling with his curveball and his changeup is because they weren't the right pitches for him. 
Um, they just weren't. But we would all love to have a Nolan Ryan pitch repertoire, right, of a great fastball, great curveball, and a great changeup. We'd love to have that. It's super effective. It's, it's, it's a perfect, like, pitching repertoire. But it's just not available to everybody. Not everybody has Nolan Ryan type talent. So there's a couple things we have to look at when selecting pitches for your son. We're going to talk about the two big ones here on this podcast. There's a few others, but the two main ones I want to cover on this podcast. So um, what, what, I, what I immediately did with this kid was I switched him to first a sinker and then a cutter. And um, so, what ha- so what happens is the sinker and the cutter for me, by my definition, are in the fastball family. So he could, he, could t- he, could, he could set his cutter angle, he could set his sinker angle, and he could throw the heck out of the ball just like he threw his fastball. So this kid was a fastball personality. He was an aggressive, attack-the-zone type of pitcher, a Roger Clemens-type hard-throwing kid for his age. And that's, how, that's his personality. When we were teaching him a curveball, we're actually taking this kid and asking him to change personalities on different pitches. And that's why he was struggling. So he was able to get his curveball to work because he kind of arched his back. We'll talk about that you know, in a second. Um, but his changeup was like non-existent. He did not want to throw it. I guarantee when they put it down, when the put, put, catcher put the sign down in the game, he probably shook it off. He wanted nothing to do with that changeup. He didn't feel confident with it because it went against what was personality, who he was, right? He was a hard-charging, aggressive kid. Now, maybe later on he'll develop, you know, kids mature, kids change, um, you know, juniors in high school become seniors in high school and freshmen, right? The kids grow and they can change and they can sometimes mellow a little bit. But at this moment, this kid was a hard-throwing, aggressive personality. So we let him stay in his zone of fastball of thinking. So he could take his cutter and he could take a sinker and he could throw the heck out of him, stay aggressive. And in one session, he got the cutter and he got the sinker. And then now when I, when I watched his demeanor, it, w- it was like he was going down one road and he didn't have to swerve and didn't have to get off the exit, didn't have to slow down, didn't have to do all those things. So most of the times, you know, and so going back to the changeup is that enforcing him to, to adopt this pitch, um, what we're doing is we're taking him out of obviously what's natural to him. But number two is he's never going to be committed to throwing it. Just, he's just never going to be committed to throwing it. So anytime the catcher puts down that sign, he's either going to shake it off or he's going to throw an uncommitted pitch. And I don't think there's any pitching coach in the world that wants a pitcher to throw a pitch that he's not committed to. So, you know, all these things kind of factor in. And then if you think about it, that if he's, if he's not going to do this, now we're, look how much practice time and instruction time we're wasting teaching him a pitch that he maybe will never use and never, and is not good for him, right? That leads to frustration. Frustration leads to stress. Stress leads to self-esteem issues for a pitcher. Do we want a pitcher that's not confident because we're trying to stuff a change up into him that is just not a good fit, right? We want our pitchers to be super confident. Having said that, I am not saying that just because we struggle with something, we should bag it. What I am saying is that we should find the right things and re- and recognize when we're beyond what is normal, what is a normal adaptation period for a pitch, a normal kind of struggle period to learn something new. And we were clearly beyond it with this pitcher. So, um, and also too, his mindset was aggressive. And here's a, talk to your pitchers about this. Talk to your son. Is that when they think change up, if we did word association with a pitcher and I said change up, what do you think pitchers say? Slow. Right. And like, when is it ever good to throw slow? Now, I, I know it is. I know. Right. But try and tell that to a 13, 14, 15 year old pitcher that it's good to throw slow. Right. They just don't have that mindset or maybe that maturity yet. So 
So to understand that, that's why this was a struggle for the kid. Now, the second thing we want to work at is the arm, the arm slot of the pitcher, what type of pitcher they are and where they throw. So I hate when people say, like, over the top, high three-quarters, three-quarters. Let's just talk about ranges of, of our arm slot. Now, a natural arm slot should be determined by it, with their head and spine lined up towards home plate and uh, in line with the plate, wherever their arm slot naturally goes. A good way to check out arm slot is hit them a ground ball at shortstop and watch how they throw across the diamond. When they make that throw across the diamond, that's when you'll see a natural arm slot fall. And they make a 100-foot-plus throw across the diamond, that's when you'll see um, that natural arm slot. So let's say they're a sidearm thrower all the way up to maybe about this range here. So whatever we would call that, low three, cool, whatever, I don't know, whatever they would call that, right? So let's just talk about ranges, okay? If you're in here, you're going to be a cutter-sinker guy. You're not going to be able to get on top of a curveball, um, or you could throw a slider too. Slider's not bad, but you're and and you're probably not going to be able to 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 cut the angle on a changeup. So um, you're going to be a cutter sinker guy if you're a low three quarters or sidearm. Now the person that people always bring up is Pedro Martinez. Well, the one anatomical or advantage Pedro Martinez had was like these these super long fingers, and he had significant arm speed. Um, so there's two things that were able to help him get a curveball, but most pitchers in there, especially younger pitchers, um, you're going to be cutter, um, sinker guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So, but here's the problem is that when we take cutter sinker guys and we try and give them a curveball, you know what they do to get on top of a curveball? They do this. They, and their arm slot stays the same, but they try and get on top of the pitch. Right. And so when they try and get on top of the pitch, so a couple things happen. Number one, if you're throwing your fastball from here and your curveball from here, a good coach is going to pick that up. They're going to have their kids wait on your curveball until you prove you can throw it for strikes. Where if you're throwing it from here, you're probably not going to throw it for strikes. So they're going to sit on your fastball and take your curveball until you can prove otherwise. Right? Not only that, but when you do, when instead of going, instead of coming forward towards home plate, is that when you do this, your release point is going to be back. Okay? So you could give the hitter a longer look at the pitch. And then number three, once you start to alter your mechanics, you're putting yourself at a higher risk of injury. So so this is why this kid, when he was throwing his fastball here and then he would throw his curveball here, that's why he wasn't succeeding with it because his hitters are getting a longer look at the ball, it's it's taxing his arm more, um, and um, hitters are probably picking it up, you know, or coaches are, are picking it up. So for a perfect fit for that kid was the sinker and the cutter, which are in the fastball family. Now, the sinker will give him a lot of options, um, off-speed options. So, and, and sinker is my favorite pitch. If you've seen anything about me, you know the sinker is my favorite pitch. It's the most versatile pitch. You could, it's safe. You could learn it today, throw it tomorrow. You could throw it in any situation. You could throw it as an 0-0 strike. You could throw it as an 0-2 out pitch. You could throw it as a 3-1 over the plate pitch that you don't want to throw a fastball. It gives you some movement. And I think the cutter is a great pitch. I think the cutter, it, if, if I had my choice, I would have like fastball, curveball, changeup like most people, right? But um, I love the cutter as a pitch because, again, mo if especially on a fastball-dominant kid like this, I think it's a pitch that they can easily pick up and it fits with their personality and get some breaking ball action. So one of the things that I even catch myself saying is that we have to start thinking about off-speed and breaking ball and not certain pitches that I would love each pitcher to have a fastball that they can control, that they have command of, um, and an off-speed and a breaking pitch. If they have those two things, or those three things, excuse me, then, then we, can, we can develop a tactical plan to, um, to get hitters out. So for me, um, that's the most important thing, is that we put the right pitches with the right pitcher, and that we're not trying to force uh, pitchers to throw certain pitches just because 
you know, we see a guy on TV or we see another player or we think that's the right pitch that they should throw, we should really be looking at the right pitch for the right pitcher. So, um, and, the, and, and here's the other thing too is that um, people talk about safety of pitches, and this is this is something that's almost like, um, yeah, it's kind of a far analogy. Let me just here's the thing: no pitch hurts your arm. Okay, so it's the way you throw the pitch that hurts your arm. So uh, uh, you know, there's bad news about the slider, and there's bad news about the the cutter and the split finger fastball tears up your elbow. No, no, no. It's the way you throw the pitch that will will determine what hurts your arm. And the reason why the slider, this is back way back in the 80s, 90s, the slider got such a bad rap is because guys were, were slinging it. You know, they did that shoot the gun thing they were talking about. And so that's that's why that guys were not throwing a slider properly. They were throwing, they were they were they were kind of flinging it and then shooting the gun. And so it was the way a pitch is thrown and not the pitch itself. Um, so of any pitch thrown with proper mechanics with a good foundation of functional strength. Um, is, is going to be a safe pitch. Obviously, some some pitches are in moderation, right? Some pitches are in moderation, um, especially with age, strength, and maturity. Um, but it's not the pitch that will get you hurt. It's how you throw the pitch. So um, that wraps up today's edition. Again, go on over to 567dad.com. The book will be out soon, and you and if you're on that on that um, on that site, you will be the first to know. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and um, I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Hey guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.